0: as a preacher i have an obligation to preach to you from god's word in season and out of season second timothy chapter 4 verse 2 that means when you want to hear it and when you don't want to hear it i take my obligation seriously each christian here has an obligation to this community We live in this community, we work in this community, we, we thrive in this community, we we die in this community. We have an obligation to it. The families we are a part of are loved. The families we are a part of, the friends that we share, the, the jobs that we, that we go to, the, the schools that we attend are filled with people that we love. And we should love them so much that we understand the obligation that they need to hear the truth of God's Word. We all need to take this obligation very seriously. Every person here can be evangelistic. Every person here can be a part of this new visitation program that we are about to unfold this evening. It is my obligation... The way I read scripture. To challenge your comfort zone. We've gotten too comfortable in the church. And I want to challenge your comfort zone. I want you to get out of that comfort zone and grow. Because it's when you get out of that comfort zone that you really grow. I want to encourage you to be evangelistic. What that means is I want to encourage you to to reach out to others. You were baptized, those of you who are Christians. You were baptized. This is what you signed up for. You know? This is what you signed up for. Yes, assembling here in the worship service is important. It is. But fulfilling your obligation to tell others about Jesus Christ is just as important. When you put your hand to the plow, Jesus said, don't look back. And one of my questions to you this evening is, have you looked back? Have you looked back? Have you put your hand to the plow and, and, and looked back? Are you fulfilling your obligation? Or, or are you coming up with, with excuses? for not getting involved. Even as I speak, you're coming up with excuses, maybe. You are not alone. When Adam and Eve were caught in the garden after their sin, Adam blamed Eve. (laughs) Eve blamed the snake. If this new work... To be explained soon? Does not work? Will you be be at fault because of inactivity? Will I be at fault? Who will get blamed if it doesn't work? Will the elders be like Aaron? In Exodus chapter 32, verse 22, when Moses came down from the mountain wondering why the people were, he was wondering why the people were bowing to a golden calf. Will you tell God on judgment day the same thing Aaron told Moses? Do not let the anger of my Lord become hot. You know the people, they are set on evil. Elders, will that be your excuse? For not leading the people. Lord, you know they're set on evil. There wasn't anything I could do about it. Maybe you're like the one-talent man. Matthew 25, verse 24. You're afraid. Afraid to, to increase what's been given to you. And because of this, like the, the one-talent man, will will everything be taken away? Will it all go away because of your fear? Did you really count... This is another one of my questions for you this evening. Did Did you, did you really count the costs before you became a Christian? Did you really count the costs? Did you really understand... What it was going to take for you for you to become a Christian? Did you think that all you had to do was come to church? Really? There are so many excuses we use. become and remain pew potatoes. One of my favorites is we, pray the, we pay the preacher to work for us. But our New Testament example is we are all supposed to evangelize. Acts chapter 8, verse 4. You know, another excuse is I, I don't have enough time. Folks, I'm going to say this with all the love in my heart. Pick one TV show a week. And let it go. And you'll find the time to work for the Lord. Just one. Pick your your least favorite TV show. And don't watch it. And go do something for God. We must make time. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12 should slap everyone... In the face, that's out of their teens, I and mean, is not a new Christian. In the face, it says, "For for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you, you ought to be t- you ought to be teachers by now." But you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. Eric still has a few more needs for teachers. You know, but there are ways to teach than just a classroom. We have got to make and take the time to tell others of the hope. The hope that's deep down in us. The hope that we have of going to heaven. Don't you want to go? If you want to go, can you tell others? Can you tell others of how to get there? Why you have this hope deep down inside? One excuse for not evangelizing that I've heard recently is my education level is too low kind of confused me look you know you look over at Matthew chapter 4 verses 18 and 19 Jesus chose humble fishermen these weren't educated men these were these were humble fishermen you are a Christian all all you need all you need is contained in the New Testament you don't have to have a PhD another excuse is I'm too old or I'm too young well, we can't start when we're dead. So so when are we going to start? <laughs> you were given an assignment this morning to write down the names, addresses, and telephone numbers of those you know who need the gospel or need to be here at worship. One excuse I heard was was, who do I write down? Well, here, here's a list of, of, of possible prospects. John Mark Wilson's book, The Secret to Waking Up the Pew Potatoes, he, he lists these prospects. You, 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 there's somebody that you know that's going through a tragedy. That's, that, that's a good person to write down. Uh, the death of a close friend or a loved one. Hey, they're hurting. They need hope. They need mercy. Those people are looking for hope and mercy. Hey, guess what? You have the best hope and mercy that the world has ever known to give them, Jesus Christ. There are some who are going through a separation. You may have some non-Christian relatives, some, some, some of who are new to the community. They're, they're a new retiree. They're, they're, they're a new mom. They're a new dad. They're, they're, a new, they're the new poor. You know, in this society that we live in, there's the new poor. People who at one time had something, but because of the economy, they don't have it anymore. They need hope. They need mercy. Guess what? We have it to give in abundance. If we'll just give it, if we'll just do it, we can reach out to these examples and invite our friends and our family, and our co-workers, and our classmates, we can invite them to church with us. This is one of my brother's fond ways of saying this is is kingdom work. Right? It's kingdom work. This is kingdom work to, to walk up to somebody just very simply and say, Hey man, go to church with me tonight. That's not hard. That's not hard to do. Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 3 verse 2. John preached, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 4 17. Jesus preached, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus told his disciples, Matthew chapter 10 verse 7, to preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom is the church. Do you talk about the church to others? Do you, do you talk about the church to others? Do you, do you do you tell these these kinds of these kinds of example these these kinds of prospects? Do you tell them about the church and the hope that's in you? Acts chapter 8 verse 12, Philip preached the kingdom of God to those in Samaria. Paul told the Ephesian elders it was his business to preach the kingdom of God. Acts chapter 20 verse 25, every member of the Lord's church, the kingdom of God, needs to tell others of the kingdom and tell them the gospel and invite them to hear the gospel. And all it takes is an invitation and not an excuse. Stop making excuses you don't have to preach a sermon just a simple why don't you come worship with me Sunday will suffice that'll do it will work it will work it will you will be told no but you'll be told yes, too. It will work. Hand your neighbor our, our bulletin. Hand your neighbor our bulletin. It's got the times. It's, thanks to Brother Brown, it's got, the, it's got the times when we meet on it. And it's got the, the plan of salvation there on the bulletin. Or one of the cards in the foyer. We've we put some more cards back there that has, our, has a map of, 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 of where Fountainhead is on it. Has our our website on there. Hand a card out to them. You've got to have faith that it will work. You've got to have faith that what you're doing will not return void. You've got to have faith in that. How do you know your friend won't listen? How do you know Unless you tell them. How do you know that this time your son or your daughter or your mom or your dad won't respond? James chapter 2 verse 17. Thus also faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, is dead. You know, there's no profit in dead faith. I'm asking you to write some names down on a piece of paper. That's pretty simple. I'm asking you to write some names, addresses, and telephone numbers down on on a piece of paper and give them to me. So that me and others who, who want to can contact them and see if they'd like to be a Christian or be restored or. Or have help during a troubled time. I mean, there's so many different reasons why you would give us their name. People need help. People are either in trouble, they're going through trouble, or they're about to go through trouble. Because <laughs> trouble's right around the corner. And the, really, the only thing you can count on is God and change. You can, contact them. you can contact them yourself. That's, that's, you know, join us in contacting those who need our help. There are many examples of, of, of faith plus works. That's what that is. You have faith enough to do the job. You have faith enough to obey. There, there are many examples of faith plus works. You know, Andrew. In John chapter 1, verse 42, he brought his brother Peter to Jesus. Andrew told Peter, We we found the Messiah. We, we found the Christ. We found the anointed one. Andrew had faith, and he tells Peter in the simplest way possible, he says in this verse, Come and see. That's so simple. Couldn't you tell your neighbor that? Come and see. Your, your, your mom that come and see. Your friend that? Come and see. I found the Messiah. I know Jesus. Do you want to know him? Come and see. Do you like singing? We do too. Come and see. Do you like, do you like to pray? Do you like to worship God? We do too. Come and see. It will work. Have faith, then do it. Have faith, and do it. It will work if you do it. I promise it will. Another example of faith plus works is, is in Acts chapter 8. All those who were scattered and persecuted, those who were scattered, verse 4, went everywhere preaching the word. And that, that took a lot of faith. In the face of persecution... To do the work of the Lord, kingdom work. Philip preached in Samaria to a whole multitude of people in Acts chapter 8. He's a great example of of faith plus works. He preached to a whole multitude of people in Acts chapter 8. Then he preached to just one person, the eunuch on the way home. He had great success when he preached Jesus. Jesus. Faith plus works. I, I believe, and I'm, I'm going to tell. I believe. That's what that you know. I believe that's faith, and I'm going to tell about it. Plus works. It's it, it's it's our obligation. It's our obligation as a Christian. Now we should have known this. We should have known this obligation. When we became a Christian, we should have been told about it. It's it's part of preaching Jesus. The terms and conditions are are spelled out in in God's new covenant, the, the New Testament. Many in this congregation have gotten on board. And tonight, you will be told a simple plan that you can be involved with. Today, you were given a, a simple goal as a family or an individual to reach one soul this year with the gospel and see them converted. This, this is your challenge. This year and each consecutive year. As you'll see tonight, and I've got this capitalized in my notes, everyone, as you'll see tonight, everyone who understands me in this room can, can do this. This will not be hard. Think like a missionary. Live like a missionary. Evangelize like a missionary. Involve yourself in, in local missions. You know, I've heard, I've heard and, and I've been involved with so many here at Fountainhead who pray fervently for this congregation. I want you to start praying for something that Jesus prayed for. If you'll turn to Matthew chapter 9, verses 37 and 38. Jesus prayed specifically for something and and I hope that we'll start praying specifically for this as well. He told those around them to pray for this, the disciples. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful but the laborers are few. This is what he asked them to pray for. Therefore, pray the Lord the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Get really specific in your prayer. Pray for laborers to go out into the fields that are plentiful, that are ripe, that are white with the harvest. Pray that each one in this congregation will have the courage to tell others about the gospel, to invite someone to worship with us here at Fountainhead. Pray specifically that we just don't increase the number here at Fountainhead, but that the borders of the kingdom grow because God is causing the increase. Because people are obeying correctly. So many in this congregation seek God's kingdom first in their lives. Do you? That's another question I wanted to ask you tonight. Do you seek God's kingdom first in your life? With this good of a crowd tonight on such a night as this? I know you do. I know you do. I can see that many here don't hide that talent that you have in fear. Jesus was able to take just regular folks and turn them into mighty workers, soldiers of the cross. And He can take you and mold you and make you into that same kind of soldier. Do you doubt that He can do it? Don't doubt. Have faith and obey. Have faith and work it. If you doubt, let me tell you this, with all the love in my heart, if you doubt this, you will never change. I say it with a smile on my face. You'll never change if you doubt this. And that's sad? That's really sad. I heard it. Said that arrogant people say, I know that, and move along. But that positive, confident people say, How good am I at that? and seek to improve. Resolve in your mind that evangelism is a requirement, not just a request. Resolve in your mind that you're going to stop the excuses and do what you can to serve God. Everyone here can do something. Everyone here can do something. You're going to be shown how in just a little bit. We have an obligation to our community to tell them the truth about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's so important because the wrath of God hear me now the wrath of God will fall upon those who do not know him or obey the gospel It's what Paul wrote in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 7 through 9 if you don't know God and you don't obey the gospel God will take his vengeance not on you So there's an urgency, a great urgency to make sure that we give everyone that we know an opportunity to obey the gospel which is the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 through 4 the death that Jesus died on the cross that he was buried in a tomb that he was raised and he was seen by hundreds and then he went up to God and sits at the right hand of God and he'll come back the same way that he left. We obey the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We obey that command. We obey the gospel by being baptized into Christ and receiving the promise of eternal life. Galatians chapter 3 verse 27. But you've got to stop making excuses and obey each and every one of us in this room has an obligation to obey if you've never obeyed the gospel we here at Fountainhead we are evangelistic because of you we want you to very badly we want you to know how to have eternal life We want you to be in in heaven with us someday. How do you do this? Well, first you hear God's word. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the the word of God. Believe with all your heart. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 16. Because without faith it's impossible to please God. Repent. That means turn away from from your old life and start. Living the new life that Jesus has for you. Acts chapter 17 verse 30. Counting the cost. Count the cost now. Don't, don't become a Christian without, without counting the cost. Understanding that, that, that just going into the water and coming out of it, that's not all there is. You have a Christian life to live too. Your life must change. You've got to confess Jesus as the Son of God, Matthew 16, verse 16, and be baptized for the remission of sins. Mean, that mean, remission means that it takes your sins away when you obey. We must be reminded that God will not, God will not accept our excuses on the judgment day. We have an obligation to obey. So stop making those excuses. Come right now, as together. We-